Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high-achieving and ambitious mid-level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. How are you doing today? How's it going? Hey, I wanted to let you know that I will be starting another four-week Land Your Dream Job Accelerator in January. If you want to know more, you can email me, Lisa, L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com, and I can answer your questions. But again, that's a four-week accelerator to get you going on your job search, and January is the perfect time to do that. As I have said on this podcast before, mid-January through March is the peak hiring period of the year in most professions, most industries. So it's a really good time to get the ball going. All right, having said that, we're going to talk today about introversion and networking. I am a master practitioner of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, the MBTI. And one of the things I know about the difference between introverts and extroverts is that it has to do with where you get your energy. So there's a lot of misconceptions about introversion and extroversion. It's not an ability to navigate social situations. It doesn't speak to ability. The Myers-Briggs doesn't speak to any abilities. It speaks to preferences. It doesn't have to do with whether you're friendly or not, whether you like people or not. What it has to do with is where you get your energy. And the analogy that I love to use is actually a cartoon in one of the Myers-Briggs books that I have, a training manual. And it shows an extroverted car in an introverted car. And think of it as their batteries have been drained and how do they get their batteries recharged? So the extroverted car is in a mall parking lot in the middle of the day, lots of cars around it, and it's getting its battery filled up. The introverted car is in a grocery store parking lot at night after it's closed. There's nobody around it. And that's how it's getting its battery charged. And I think that's a really good way of of looking at this. And I wanted to frame that to make sure there was no misunderstanding about what I'm talking about. When it comes to networking, it's not about introverts being socially awkward. It's about the fact that it drains their energy. It's not about having to to talk. It's about having to initiate conversation. Introverts generally would much prefer to be spoken to rather than having to initiate the conversation. And it's about small talk as well, which sometimes networking can seem like it's all a bunch of chit-chat. And that doesn't seem like it has a point to introverts. They would much rather have a deep conversation with one or two people um, chit-chat, you know, small talk, just really doesn't appeal to them. It doesn't make any sense to them. It doesn't have a point. I'd like to offer the flip side of networking for introverts. So the reasons why introverts can actually be good at networking. Number one, 
you tend to be much better listeners than extroverts like to talk. Introverts like to listen. So if you can find yourself an extrovert, introverts, at a networking event, you won't have to do much talking. You get to listen and that plays to your strength. Another thing is that you, again, prefer those meaningful conversations with one or two people. So your preference for that then allows you to go deep with these people. And it's not about quantity, right? So extroverts, you tend to think of volume, like I want to talk to as many people as I can at this event. Introverts, we're going to talk about how to approach networking in a minute for you. But the thing I want to say now is you're you're not going to be going to a networking event and saying, I want to talk to everybody I can. That would freak you out and you wouldn't even go. We're going to set some very manageable goals as introverts, and we're going to allow ourselves to leave after we've met that goal. And you also, finally, you tend to be very thoughtful before you speak. And that can serve you well at a networking event, right? So you can give considered a response to what someone has said. You will have listened to them, so you will have heard them, and you can hopefully be able to help them in some way. So those are all strengths that you're going to bring to the table. With all of that in mind, I have 13 tips for you introverts to, if not love networking, that may be a bridge too far, but at least not hate it so much maybe even enjoy it a little bit or make it go from, you know, this horrible thing that I know I'm supposed to do, but I refuse to do it because it seems so scary and hard to, I can do hard things. I can do this and I can make this happen. So number one, first and foremost, we have to work on your mindset, not only before you get started with networking, but also throughout the process. You want to start, my recommendation is to start by filling up a sheet of paper with all your thoughts about networking. And chances are, when you look at that list after you've made it, it's going to be mostly negative. You're going to be thinking things like, I hate network. I can't network. I don't know what to say. People don't want to talk to me. People will be mean to me. Like, whatever it is, it's all going to be negative. The next thing I want you to do then is identify one of those thoughts that seems to be taking up the most real estate in your brain. So you think it the most often or it seems the most kind of prominent for some reason. That's the one you're going to work on. And then I want you to find a better feeling thought, a thought that doesn't sound, doesn't make you feel as bad about networking and turn you off on networking as much as I hate networking. And then you begin practicing that. So an example is if your thought has been, I hate networking, maybe you start practicing, networking is hard for me and I can do hard things. I will tell you, and I'm not an introvert, I am an extrovert, but that phraseology has been very helpful to me in a number of things, especially around the things that don't play to my strengths in my business, like dealing with finance and, you know, taxes and all those things. I'll start, if I know I have a time set aside to work on, say, my taxes, I'll be, hey, this is going to be hard for me and I can do hard things. And I might even pull some of those hard things. Well, I have a master's degree. I'm one of fewer than 25 master resume writers in the world. I've done hard things, right? And so I pull from that. It's called efficacy, self-efficacy. I can look to a time when I was doing a hard thing and it will help to convince my brain that I can do this hard thing. 
So what has happened from a science perspective is you have created a neural pathway in your brain around, I hate networking. It's now playing in your subconscious on repeat, and you don't even know what's going on. We're going to create a new neural pathway. It's not going to make the old one go away, but it's going to take more prominence in your brain as you practice it. So maybe after you start practicing, networking is hard for me and I can do hard things. Maybe your next thought becomes, networking used to be hard for me, but now it isn't. Now we haven't said it's easy. We haven't gone that far. You always have to be thinking a thought that you can believe. So if the thought that you try on feels like an impossible, unrealistic, you're not going to believe it. You have to find a thought that is better than I hate networking and that you can believe. So that's number one. Mindset is super important in this process. Number two, start with low-hanging fruit. So if you're starting to network from ground zero, you've not networked at all or, or hardly ever, I recommend that you begin by reaching out to people that you already know fairly well, right? So these could be former colleagues, former school classmates, friends. You want to work out, A, the kinks in your networking skills, right? So get better at it. There's going to be some, and this is not exclusive to introverts. You extroverts are going to have problems and kinks in your networking as well. And then you also want to build your confidence before you start reaching for those bigger networking targets. So get those kinks out, build your confidence up with low-hanging fruit. Number three, set realistic networking goals. So I alluded to this at the outset. It can be very helpful. In fact, I'm working with a client right now who's an introvert, and she is really doing the networking thing. I'm so proud of her. And she took my advice, and she's like, just, I need to meet one person, and that's all. And she has the option, and in fact, in some cases, has stayed past that one person because she realized no one was going to bite her. She was maybe having a little bit of fun, maybe, and she was willing to keep it. But the deal that she set with herself was, I can leave after one, I make one meaningful contact at this event. If you've been networking a little bit, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to meet three people at this event. Or if it's one-on-one networking, because I want to kind of toggle back and forth between networking events and networking one-on-one. So if you're just starting, you know, who's one low-hanging fruit? That's all I'm, I'm, that's my goal for this month. Maybe that's all you can handle. If you've been networking a little bit and feel a little bit more comfortable, maybe you say, I'm going to have two or three networking events this month or networking people that I'm going to network with. You can also set a goal at a networking event for a certain type of person. So I want to meet a representative of a certain company. Or I want to meet at least one person who is in an HR role or a recruiter role. I want to meet someone who does the kind of work that I want to do so that maybe it's more of an informational interview that I want to set. So number three, set realistic networking goals. Don't try to compare your goals to an extrovert who, you know, could leave after meeting 13 people. But as I talk about in this next one, number four, focus on quality over quantity. The thing about the extroverts who met the 13 people is they may not be able to tell you one personal or, you know, kind of significant thing about any of those people. It was all very surface level. You as an introvert have the ability, the natural inclination to focus on quality over quantity. So for your goal then is going to be forming a deep connection. Now that doesn't mean it's going to happen after, you know, a 10 minute networking conversation. So. 
be realistic there as well. But you want to find someone that you feel has potential to become a deep, meaningful connection for you. So that's number four, focus on quality over quantity. Number five, joint groups of shared interest. And this is something that I talk about with my clients a lot. I find that people in general tend to define networking very narrowly. They think of it in terms of the word networking has to be in the event. I have to be in some kind of a business suit. There has to be, you know, finger foods involved, you know, those kind of things. And my rule of thumb about networking is you can network anywhere where the music isn't too loud and the people aren't too drunk. So I want you to think when I talk about the sharing, join shared interest groups, what is it that you love to do? Are you a foodie? Do you love silent movies? Are you into running or biking or hiking or, I don't know, geocaching? Do people still do that? When you can find those groups of people, here's the thing that happens. First of all, if you like that thing, whatever it is, and it, presumably the people in the group like it as well, you are around like-minded people. So you are much more likely to enjoy yourself and fit in and feel comfortable talking to those people because you have that shared common interest as a starting point, right? You're not just in a room with a bunch of strangers that you don't know who they are and what they like. You know something about, or you, you're pretty sure you know something about them to begin with. Secondly, we tend to forget that person. So let's say we're in a biking group because we love to bike. That person has a job. That person's significant other has a job. That person has friends and family and former colleagues and neighbors who have jobs, right? So we tend to think, oh, if they're not in my industry, what's the point of networking with them? Well, that would hold true if they didn't know anybody. And they had no contacts in the world, but they do. And that's a great way to expand the, the sort of Venn diagram that is your network is by meeting people who have something in common with you. There's a little bit of overlap, but there's a whole lot of room for new contacts to, to be made. So that's number five, join groups of shared interests. Number six, prepare in advance. You want to plan your talking points. And this is particularly important in those one-on-one -on -one conversations. Uh, plan your talking points. Do your homework on that person via LinkedIn ahead of time. Know what you want to ask them. Know why you want to meet with them. In a networking meeting, of course, you're not going to know exactly who you're going to run into ahead of time. But what you can practice is your elevator pitch. How am I going to introduce myself? What are some nifty questions. In fact, I just, those of you that are on my mailing list, I did an email newsletter last Wednesday, I think it was, about questions, ways to get the conversation started in a networking meeting that are authentic to you and that maybe they won't see coming, they won't be expecting. And so it sort of jolts them into actually being present with you because they can't just give you a canned response to something. So plan your talking points and questions ahead of time. Number seven, leverage online networking. So one way introverts for you to feel more comfortable when you do meet someone in person is to begin the conversation online, primarily via LinkedIn, but it could also be any other forum where this is happening, right? So for example, I belong to a women's group and I get corresponded with regularly from people I've never met via their whatever it is, portal, I guess you'd call it, where we can communicate with one another. 
So that can be a really nice way to kind of establish a connection and start a relationship before you ask or they ask you to meet in person. Number eight, attend small events. So if the idea of going to the Chamber of Commerce's annual function with, you know, 500 people in the room sounds horrible to you. Do your homework around smaller networking groups. You want to find out how many people will be expected. What, what can they tell you about the people that will be there? What's the venue like and how does that feel, etc.? The other benefit of a smaller group, besides being less intimidating to you, is it's going to allow you to have those more meaningful conversations because it's not so noisy. It's not so overwhelming. So number eight, attend small events, start small. Number nine, arrive early. For a lot of introverts, walking into a crowded room where everybody's already in conversation is overwhelming. And frankly, I know plenty of extroverts who feel the same way. So when you can arrive early, you can start up a conversation. So as the room fills up, you're in conversation, you're already connected to somebody and you're not overwhelmed as the room, you're not as even aware of the room getting filled up as you would be certainly if you walked in when it was already filled. So arrive early. Number 10, active listening. And this is something that many introverts are naturally inclined to, right? So actually listening, repeating back what they're saying, asking for clarification, making sure that you understand what they're saying to you. You're good at that. So be sure and do that. It also... You're going to be good at listening more than you talk. You'd prefer to listen. So this allows you to do that. And it takes the pressure off of you thinking, what am I going to say next? What do I say? Number 11, ask open-ended questions. So as you're questioning your networking contact, you want to ask questions that cannot be answered by a yes or a no, but rather really gets them talking and gets the con- keeps the conversation flowing And at the same time, you're getting valuable information about this person as to whether or not they have the potential to help you in whatever it is you're networking for, whether it's looking for a new job, getting business, trying to get into a new industry, whatever it may be. Number 12, take breaks. Be aware of when you start to feel overwhelmed. Go into the restroom, step outside. If there's a balcony, you can step out. Find a place where no one is, preferably no one. You know, at least in the restroom, you can close yourself off in a stall (laughs) rather than, you know, there may be other people in the restroom, but at least you're in a little space by yourself. But somewhere you can get away, regroup, take some breaths, and then go back in. Don't get past that point feeling like I have to stay in the room or set this goal and I'm going to finish it and then I get to go home. If it starts to feel like it's too much, that can create a very negative experience And you may not want to do that again. So allow yourself that break time so that you can calm down, bring yourself back to center, and then go back in the room. And then finally, follow up and follow through. And this, of course, is important for all networkers. I hope that you extroverts have stayed on the call this long to realize that, hey, most of these things I need to do as well. Some will be easier for you than an introvert and others not. So after a networking event or a meeting, I want you to follow up with the people you met. And that would include whatever you said you would do. Hey, let me reach out to you. I'll connect with you on LinkedIn. You want to definitely, whether you said it or not, you do want to connect with them on LinkedIn. 
Perhaps you said, hey, I'll email you that information because they need a contact or a vendor or something that you can provide for them. So the follow-up is you following up on whatever the other person said. So if you maybe sort of tentatively talked about meeting in person one-on-one at a networking event, then come back around to that. Hey, would it would Wednesday or Friday of next week work better for you? It could be following up like, Sue, it was great meeting you, and I'm really looking forward to that introduction to John Smith that you offered. So what you're doing there is you're reminding her of what she said she would do for you without sounding like you're reminding her. You're just thanking her for what she said she would do, which will remind her. The follow-through part is whatever you said you would do for them. So you're going to make sure that you send them that contact or provide them that article or whatever it is. Now, DIY versus DFY. So the do-it-yourself recommendation that I have for you today is to get an accountability partner for your networking. I recommend someone who is good at networking. So maybe an extrovert, not necessarily, but someone who's pretty good at it, does it regularly, which is how you get good at it, by the way, and actually enjoys it. So what this accountability partner is going to do for you is help you set realistic networking goals and then hold you to those goals. The accountability partner writes, here's what I said I was going to do the last time we met. Here's what I accomplished. They can also help you with your thoughts about networking. Like, what are you thinking about going to this event? Okay. How does that feel? Is there a better thought you could maybe practice before you go in? You know, what are some options, some ways to get yourself psyched up to go into this event? And then they're also going to be mentoring you as you are stepping outside of your comfort zone, because for sure, this is going to be stepping outside of your comfort zone. So choose carefully, but accountability partner would be fantastic here. My DFY recommendation should be fairly obvious, is a coach can help you with your networking skills. So I wanted to kind of talk about what specifically you could expect to get from a coach. So they might help you with how to reach out to people, who you should reach out to, how to begin the communication process, how to set up a networking meeting, what to say during a meeting, how to follow up afterwards, how to work a networking room, which events they may help you strategize on which events to attend, all of those kind of things. And then also mindset shift. So we've talked about that. That was recommendation number one. So. A coach can help you with thinking the right thoughts to serve you as you move forward in your networking efforts. And then they're also going to provide you with practice and feedback back. So a a coach would give you the opportunity to try your elevator pitch on. I I did that with a, a client recently. We spent an entire hour working on her networking pitch and refining it till it got to a point where she felt really good about how she was introducing herself. So if you are interested in getting coaching with me about networking, you can schedule a complimentary consult uh, about my networking coaching. I'll be glad to share that information with you and what that would look like and see if it's where good fit. And I put my link for my calendar in the show notes if you want to do that. So I hope this has given you introverts courage, some information, some maybe a bit of a mindset shift to get out there and network. And find the final thing that I want to say is that increasingly, especially right now, so as this comes out, 
in on January 1st of 2023, we're in a very strange time in terms of the job market. There's a lot of uncertainty in it. And I've heard from basically every client who's job searching right now that the activity that they're getting, in, a, in other words, recruiters reaching out to them has really decreased. And it makes sense, right? It's the beginning of November. We're closing down kind of shop for the end of the year. You've got companies whose fiscal year is about to end and they you know, don't want to take on any new employees until after the first of the year. And I think also, why would a company want to hire somebody if they didn't have to at the end of the year when they're immediately going to be giving them a bunch of days off for holiday, right? So for all of those reasons, things are really quieting down. But what I find also to be true right now is that it's a good time to network because people, unless you're in a certain field like retail, you have a little bit more time. Maybe things in your function at work have quieted down and you can make yourself a little bit more available. Maybe your company culture is to get a little bit more relaxed around the holidays and, you know, coming and going is a little bit less, you know, of a big deal. Or maybe you're working from home and you can get away because you just don't have as much to do. So please, those of you that aren't seeing job activity on the job boards, use this time to network instead or in addition to or up your networking game because it is actually a really good time to network. So I hope this has been helpful and I'll see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.